AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Okay, are you confused by the difference between Prop 26 and Prop 27? They've spent $400 million in advertising trying to get you to vote one way or the other. Overall, it's a question of gambling. Should gambling be legalized in the state of California? Now, you can play fantasy sports right now online. And you can make money doing that. But you cannot, in the state of California, legally take the Dodgers tonight over Arizona. You can't bet on games. The fantasy stuff, yeah. So the big question is, and I think 30 states have legalized gambling around the country. Uh, If you go to Washington, where the Capitals play and the Wizards play, they've got a 25,000-square-foot sports book run by Caesars in the arena. Outside the Phoenix Suns arena. They've got a sports book there. So it's legal in 30 states. And now the question becomes, do you want it in the state of California? And if you do want it, which prop works for you, 26 or 27? We've done some research into these because I think people are really confused by the whole thing. I'm confused. Okay, well, I've done some research. And we'll explain it to you later on in the hour. So if you like to wager on sports... There are two props. They're confusing. We'll lay it out for you. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts. Okay. Now from the LA Times, our good friend with training camp starting next week, we welcome on Dan Wojcicki. Dan, good afternoon to you. Guys, how are you? My advertising budget is slightly lower than the uh, the prop folks. The $400 million? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you see me on TV a little less than that, I think. Yeah, just, just like every, every 20 seconds. Just leave me alone. Prop 26 and 7. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'll tell you this. Prop 28 is just leave me alone. Yeah, You know what? And I'll tell you. Prop 26 yeah, prop and 28. 27, leave me alone. Here's what's funny. People are so sick, and, and there was a poll on this. People are so sick of seeing the commercials. They might yeah. vote no on both. Just no. It's so confusing well, and overwhelming. Get out of my face. It is like... So I was just in Illinois um, a couple of days ago, a place where you can legally gamble, um, visiting family. And it is like, I will say, like, it is fun to go to different states and just be just the barrage of pre-election ads. It is one of it is one of the joys of travel um, through the NBA around this time of year is like you get you get annoyed with different things in different states. So like here, it's like Prop 27, 28, like in Illinois, it's like the governor's race. Um, you know, it's just like, you're, you're constantly just hammered over the head with it. And, um, it, it makes me say something I never thought I'd say guys. It makes me not want to watch television. Yeah. Well, like most people. Hey, okay, Dan, just pay for the no commercials Dan. pay for the little extra for the no commercials. I'm like old fashioned. I'm like, I'm explaining to my children, you know, we used to have a thing called cable. 
and they would still show you ads on cable. <laughs> All right. That's how you learned about medications. Yes. Yes. Many of course them. Of course you did. <laughs> the great thing about the medications is, you know, this, <clears throat> this will help cure asthma, but it could give yeah. you a heart attack, diabetes. That's right. Don't take oh. if you operate heavy machinery. And they say that in Feeling 100 anxious? miles an hour. They yeah. say it with the speed of a speed reader. Take this medicine, and here's a list of 50 side effects to yeah, worry yeah. about. I will say, Dan, speaking of traveling, I do like the fact that you can, like, I go to Arizona quite a bit. My folks are there. They're getting yeah. a little bit older, and, um, and I see the fan. Are you buying the Suns, Rodney? Are you going to buy the Suns? We're going to discuss that. Yes, Dan, we uh, we have a group <clears> together. <throat> we have a group together. Nice. You want to consult for us? I mean, I could, I could be available for the right price. Okay. Hey, okay. Dan, didn't, they, didn't, didn't they tell Robert Sarver, we're going to suspend you for a year, we're going to fine you $10 million bucks. Okay, that that's the penalty. Now, we can't force you to sell the team, but you know what? You're selling the team. And you think, don't you think that's what happened? I, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I wrote a column about this um, and the immediate after effect of it. And, and kind of my sort of opinion was that it's like the NBA kind of left the dirty work to everybody else, but, like, they threw the lob, right? Um, and that's as soon as you release the report and it has the details in it that it had in it, I did not believe we would see Robert Sarver owning an NBA team. Um, I didn't know that it would be this quickly. I didn't think he'd fold necessarily this fast. And I, I mean, quite frankly, I think the pressure has been, it's like, it's existed, but it hasn't been like obscene, you know, now look, what if, if next week the Phoenix Suns, like say on day one at training camp, didn't show up. You know, or some of you know. I know what happened with the jersey, the jersey patch. But what if, what if Nike says we don't want to make these uniforms? What if um, Fry's, the grocery store chain that's in you know all over Arizona, um, the right across the street from the arena? What if they were like, we're out? Um, that stuff didn't have to happen, and, and you know, it was like players said some stuff, and PayPal said they're not going to renew their contract. And you know, I talked to some ownership sources of mine, and. You know, some people just kind of said, like, if you're like that guy at a certain point, like, if this isn't going to be fun, why do you do it? You just take your $2 billion and go away. And that's what happened, yeah. We we speculated that this was going to be it for him. Just a matter yeah. of time. And, and and we even said on the air here, I thought the NBA did a masterful job of, as you pointed out, letting other people do their dirty work. They just let it yeah. run its course, and he quickly realized he had to go. That's a pretty good buy. In that market, for a team like that that controls the marketplace, somebody with some money could go in there and, and really do something with that team. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, Woj tweeted this earlier, David, and, and I tend to believe it. Right? It's like there's really no reason um, why it couldn't be a pretty good free agency destination. Um, there's some facility issues, I would say, um, in terms of you know they did just upgrade the arena and stuff like that, and I believe they are building or have built the practice facility, but but you know. There's, I, I believe, no state income tax or little state in, income tax in Arizona. Yeah, um, you, you know, it is a place um, where the weather is nice. It's on the west coast. Um, you know, the real estate is pretty expansive. You know, it's a good place to be if you're like super rich. You can buy a huge house. You know, what I mean, with a big pool to deal with the summers. It's like, I mean, you know, like virtually like everybody in Major League Baseball and the PGA either lives like in Florida or in Arizona. Like there are reasons for this stuff, right? Like it's a good tax, it's a good tax shelter, and, and and so yeah, like it seems like it it should be a destination, like a free agent destination juggernaut with the right owner. Now, 
you know, we'll see what happens on that front, right? Like, I think you can be <clears throat> rich and be a bad owner. We've definitely seen that in sports. Um, we've seen that you can be really rich and be a really good owner. And then you invest in your infrastructure and you invest in your franchise. And, and you know, I think one of the, one of the positives for the Suns in this, like, you know, is that there really, there really shouldn't be much like kind of long-term stink on the organization in the eyes of players and stuff like this. You know, I, I don't know that like the next generation of free agents is going to be like, I don't want to take money from the Phoenix Suns because of all of this. Like even after an ownership change, I just don't, I don't believe that. I say, I think, I think they're in a good position to move forwards and, you know, ultimately their organizational benefit from this. Uh, I, I asked Rodney this question earlier. I'll ask you, you covered the angels. Now you cover the NBA. Okay. Yeah. You can buy one franchise, the Suns or the angels. Which one would you buy? The NBA. <clears throat> I, I I would rather I would rather buy into the NBA. Um, I mean, I think like the um, I mean, one I wouldn't want to have to work 162 nights a year. I'm like, God, it's way too much. Um, but I think like you know you could have to that the NBA. But I think you know for for in, in this case you know the TV rights deals. Um, I think the uh, the way that like the globalization of the sport. I just think there's more money in basketball. Ultimately, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have like franchise evaluations in front of me. Um, uptick, um, at least like internationally in basketball is probably why I would want to buy into that. You know, if you're a team that gets, um, you know, some sort of global superstar, you have an opportunity to see your team's logo, see your team's net at this point too, your advertisers logos like on jerseys all across the world. And, you know, if you're the Angels, like, you don't see people wearing Mike Trout jerseys in your own city, in your own state in Fair some point. ways. Fair point. Uh, okay, Dan. So are you the only guy the Lakers have not signed to play guard now? Oh. <laughs> still time. They still got till Monday. Um, no, I, it is a uh, – so it's funny. Like, I think um, I think about this on a couple different fronts, right? Like, I mean, there is certainly a Westbrook component to all of this, and, and it does give the Lakers more of a safety net if they, if they um, do pull off a Westbrook trade in the sense that like, they have a capable backcourt and Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder, guys that have been proven to, to start and play significant roles at that position in the league. I think that's a good safety net. I don't know that it necessarily means that's going to happen. Um, but I think for like where the Lakers are at, Simply put, like why I like the shooter signing, even though it might not make a ton of roster sense, and like you wish he was a six nine three and D wing. By the way, none of those are available for nothing <laughs> right now. Like that doesn't exist. Uh, is that you? You just want talent, honestly. And if this year is rocky, um, you can maybe start to rebuild some of your your, your draft cachet. Maybe you you use Dennis Schroeder. Maybe you use Patrick Beverly at some point in time down the road to, to make your roster better, your future a little brighter. I think it's smart. It's, it's good to have those kinds of players um, that are still in their sort of like playable primes versus, you know, um, trying to think, I don't want to say anything to denigrate anybody who was on the team last year, but like, you know, a guy who's at the end of his career, like there's not a lot of trade deadline value, um, you know, for, for somebody like that. Whereas like, you know, Dennis Schroeder on a minimum, like if your team, if you don't need him as a guard, like there may be a team down the line that does and, you know, could find, could find value for him. Like, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to get, you know, a lottery pick or anything like that, 
<clears throat> but I mean, you start to rebuild some of your assets that way. I think, uh, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been a team that's been really good at doing this. Like you sign guys, you pick up guys and trades and stuff like that, and then you turn them into assets down the road. Um, I think there's, you know, that's certainly a pathway for the Lakers out of this if they have a tough year. And if they have a good year, by the way, like depth matters. You know, Patrick Beverly is a guy who's dealt with injuries. Um, you know what I mean? And as the way the roster was constructed, like there weren't a lot of guys that could like run the offense in a way that like meant like facilitating. And you, you, you know, I mean, that's not Kendrick Nunn. Austin Reeves hasn't had to do that in the NBA. It's not Lonnie Walker. It's none of the guards that they've signed. But like you get a guy in Nunn who like knows how to play point guard in the NBA. And I think that's valuable. Yeah. And, and when you, you know, unpacking this, Dan, when you look at it, and, and Fred threw it out here that maybe this is their opportunity of blowing it all up. Let's just blow it all up, and this is just a whole <clears throat> reboot thing. And um, yeah, it's, this season is a complete wash. I, I mean, I think that's early to say. Um, I, I would say the only the, the caution I would have against that uh, is that it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense to start now. Like, if you are going to blow it up at a certain point in time. You need to do it in a year when you have your first round pick, you know, and the Lakers have a swap this year. Um, they could go 0 and 82, you know what I mean? And the Pelicans could go 82 and 0, and the Lakers would be picking last in the first round this year. So, blowing it up to me, like, there's no real incentive, at least no draft incentive to do it. Now, you know, the, the secondary part of this is like, you know, and, and we've seen this in the Westbrook talks, like, I think, you know, it's been a little surprising to me how, um, forward thinking in some ways the Lakers have been when it comes to cap space, you know, and, and trying to preserve it for the future, kind of like a sneaky underrated part of the Patrick Beverly trade is it, you know, I've got Taylor Horton Tucker's option off their books for next season. Um, you know, so they have cap space to chase, not max free agents, you know, but, but they, they're, they can be in the conversation for really good players, you know, um, perhaps Kyrie Irving is a free agent is, is the name that is most often mentioned. You know, um, I think every time he tweets, his his salary might go down like four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, what I'm like so, so like they might be, they they, they may be in range soon. Uh, but no, I I think it's you, you know like you they've been they they've kept some flexibility uh, to go into next summer, uh, you know, with with cap space and perhaps with draft picks. But look, I mean, I think it's tricky though too to be an organization and to say next summer, next summer, next summer when you have a 38-year-old player entering year 20, somehow still kind of, you know, around his prime, um, it's, it's hard to keep kind of moving down the road a little bit. But that's sort of the situation the Lakers are in. They're, they're in this tough spot. I think, I will say this, guys, I think if there was a deal to be made that they felt like really pushed them into like that upper echelon in the West, like upper, upper echelon, and it cost them their two first-round, pat, two first-round picks, or if it, it meant they took on long money, I, I think they would do it. I really do believe they would do what it. What is that deal, though, uh, man? What is that? Yeah. Who is I don't, that? I, don't, I, don't, that? I was just going to say, I don't, I don't think it exists yet. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it materialize. You know, I think it, instead they're in this kind of weird in-between spot where they have what they have to offer is in some ways maybe more valuable than what they would get back, but they don't have anything less to offer. And none of these teams have anything really more valuable to give. You know, so... I think what, what you're looking at right now is like, you know, take a look at the Utah Jazz, for instance, right? And I think if I were the Lakers, 
and, and kind of knowing what I know about sort of what they'd like to do, it's like you're looking at players on that roster who don't have long-term contracts, right? So that's Bogdanovich. Um, Malik Beasley has a team option for next year. Uh, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. There's some other guys that are on one-year deals, right? And you're looking to try to pull something off like that with maybe only, you know, only having to give up one-year first-round picks. And the, the, the tricky part of some of that is if you're Utah, you're asking yourself, well, why am I trading these three or four players to the Lakers for one first-round pick when maybe I can shop them around individually, you know, and pick up picks from three teams? You know, like, can I trade Jordan Clarkson to a team at the trade deadline and get a first back, a late first-round pick from a contender? Can I trade Bogdanovich to the Phoenix Suns at some point and, and, and get, you know, um, young players or picks back? Uh, can, can, I, can I move Malik Beasley? to a team that needs three-point shooting. Um, you know, like, those are those are the questions I'm sure Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck and that organization are asking themselves. And, like, what's weird is that the Lakers are asking themselves, if we do all of this stuff, is it enough? And if it's not enough, should we do it? No, they Fascinating stuff, guys. Yeah, no, they it's shouldn't be, it's it's it, Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it look, I, I would... I, yeah, it, it's, well, it's been, this has been all summer for me, right? I mean, it's been trying to to decode this decision and it's a hard one. It is a hard decision. There isn't like a clear, you know, like when, when the Anthony Davis trade came to the Lakers table, right. And there were some issues in how that trade was like actually like pushed across the finish line. Like did the Lakers have to give up as much as they did because they weren't really negotiating against anybody. Maybe not. Um, you know, do they have to, to, to maneuver in a way to try to maintain max cap space for Kawhi Leonard when like in hindsight, he probably never was coming. Like, you know, that stuff's all fine and good. They had to go get Anthony Davis. It was the right thing to do, right? Like, it was the no-brainer decision to do. You had LeBron James. You missed a playoffs the year before. Anthony Davis was available, and he wanted to come, so you go trade for him. Uh, this, this isn't as cut and dry to me. This is more – there are more layers to this, and it's one of those things, like, in talking to people, and not just people who were with the Lakers, talking to people around the league kind of about, like, what the Lakers should do, there's no consensus. I haven't gotten a consensus. You know, like some people think that you've got LeBron James, so that means you're always going for it. You know what I mean? There's no point in having LeBron James if you're not going for it. And then there are other people that look at their situation and say that, you know, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James aren't healthy, you can't count on them to be healthy, which in the last few years you haven't been able to. Um, Why are you pushing in right now if if that means you can't do anything in the future? These are both really good questions. I, I, I don't have an answer. With training camp opening next week, let's just take a look at the Clippers. Kawhi is healthy. Yeah. Paul George should be ready to go. Nobody really yeah. is saying a lot about him. But, Dan, they could win the West. Sure. Yeah, and they're really flexible, too, Fred. Like, they have the ability to, to, make, to make a deal um, if they need to, right? Like, they've got a lot of intriguing players, a lot of intriguing pieces, um, you know, They've gone deep into the luxury tax. They've used a lot of their, their players over the salary cap to keep them. Right? So, you know, it's not hard for the, the Clippers to put together $28 million in a trade if that's what they need to do. Right? Um, I think that there is an element of kind of they, – they definitely want to see what they've got, you know? Um, like, after having to wait this long to see Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, like to see this team, like they want to actually see it. But um, no, they're. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams in the West. I think, like on paper, um, they need to be healthy. Obviously, um, they need their best players to be healthy. 
uh, and it's always a little, you know, you, you wonder what you're going to get from a guy when he hasn't played in over a year. And, and I think it's fair to wonder those things about Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, I mean, he's on a path with his body. And I think, like, that's the thing that, you know, is kind of lost in some of this stuff is, is, you know, I mean, they do have some injury concerns too. But, like, that's really everybody. You know, Fred, like, that's true. You know, any team in the league loses one of their two best players to injury. Like, they're going to have a hard time. And um, it's true for the Clippers. It's true for the Lakers. I, I just think, like, the Clippers have shown, um, you know, with their depth, that they've had kind of the ability to weather those injuries a little better. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely under the radar right now. I think it, it, they just have the opportunity to be really good, and they have the opportunity to get better if it, if it presents itself. Yeah, but under the, under the radar, um, can they stay there? This year, I, I just wonder how how much pressure is on the Clippers sure. to to really you know and and then and I know they went to the there Western should be a lot. Finals, yeah, but they they gotta they gotta they gotta make a real impact. I mean, they don't they? Sure. I mean, this is the third year of Paul I, George, I, Kawhi Leonard, and all them there. I, it feels like they can only fly under the radar for so long without winning a title, or at least being in the I agree being with in you. the championship finals. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I think there should be tremendous pressure on them, you know, and I think. Honestly, if they played in any other city, there probably would be, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the pressure in this town, like, I mean, it, it usually moves in one direction. And that, you know, I, I don't know. Some people some people embrace that organizational pressure. I, I can't tell you if the Clippers would want it or not. I'm sure they, they would welcome it, you know, and I know that they probably feel it internally. I just think it's, <clears throat> you know, here, it, it's just, it's hard, right? Like, the Lakers take up so much oxygen, and there's so much to talk about, especially – you know, it's not just when they're good. It's, it's when they're in this kind of this weird spot right now where we don't know what they're going to be. You know, it's probably, it's, it's as compelling to talk about, you know. I mean, the Lakers have two starters figured out, right? Basically, maybe three. And it's like, you can, you can go down that road. You know, like, there's just so much intrigue right now. And I think the Clippers have basically just been like, if they're healthy, everybody knows they're going to be good. Yeah. Well, pretty simple the for them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to Rodney's point, and I think you're a thousand percent right. It's like now or never. I mean, to it, that's to a point, and of course you don't want to get guys hurt, but it's to a point now where oh they're going to be good. Oh, this is the year. They're finally going to break yeah. through. Now, here we go. Well, and it seems like it does seem sort of like there is an opportunity right now, right? Like there is no clear cut, and maybe I'll eat these words. But, like, in the West, there does not seem to be, like, a clear-cut, like, dynamo, right? Like, the Warriors, um, the Warriors seem, like, closest to that, right? Like, that we could be seeing sort of, like, that second-stage dynasty, the way we saw it from the Spurs, you know, when the, when the organization transitioned a little bit. Um, but, but behind them, I mean, you have a lot of really good teams, you know, that all seem kind of, you could, you could convince me that they're all equally dangerous, you know, Phoenix and Denver, if they're healthy and Memphis and Utah, you know, you know, you've got all of these teams that, that I think will be, pre- I'm not sorry, Utah, Minnesota, <laughs> my bad, not Utah, but like, yeah, I think you've got all these teams that are, you know, you know, maybe Dallas, maybe Luka takes a jump. And like, I think the, the Clippers have as good of an argument as any of those teams. Um, they just, you, you know, it's just kind of, but to your point, it's, it's just like, they've been waiting a long time to see it. I think everybody's, it's not. If it's not a sense of like, it's not. I don't know if it's pressure, but like, there's definitely anxiousness. I know within that organization, but like, let's see what we've built. Like, okay, like we've been putting, 
we've been putting a lot of time and energy in this. Like, I'm ready for the reveal. We're all ready for the reveal, Dan. All right, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the time, Dan. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Very good. Dan Wyke, LA Times, NBA Insider Force, covers both the Lakers and the Clippers and covered the Angels as well. Uh, coming up next hour, David Vassay jumps on the show. Yes, we are going to get into the Dodgers. Uh, yesterday, kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> they win the first game. Didn't look great. They lost the second game. Didn't look great. Ooh, they looked tired in that second game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was kind of like the Keystone Cops defensively in both games. Yeah. That's all right. No big deal. No panic, Fred? Just keep moving along. Tonight will be a different story. I do understand they're going to play Arizona in the first round of the playoffs. They play Arizona every game now. <laughs> so they are going to be Arizona again. Uh, All right. Do you know the difference between Prop 26 and Prop 27? And ooh. is it driving you crazy? And what is the hidden the hidden language in there that has... That's that's the deal. Yeah, Eddie, there's some hidden language in there that has some people very upset. So we are going to talk about the proposition on the ballot that has already cost $400 million in advertising. $400 million. Ew! Wow! Prop 26 and Prop 27 is next. It is your partner, Big Boy! Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3, and you're listening to a Hall of Famer, host, philanthropist. This is my big homie, man, Rodney Pete, and the man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. Oh, yes! On the hump day, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, and I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited because my head has been spinning for over six months now. And now Freddie's going to break it all down to me. Because I don't have to possibly travel to Arizona or when I'm there, place my bets over the weekend. All right. So let's start with this. You know that gambling on sporting events is illegal in the state of California right now. It is legal in 30 states across this country. Uh, Also District of Columbia where they have a 25,000-square-foot Caesar Sportsbook in the arena where the Wizards and the Capitals play and the Mystics play. Uh, it's legal in Arizona, where they have a facility yes. just outside of the basketball arena where you can gamble and place your bets. So more often, in more places than not, this is going to be legalized. You know, the state of California legalized weed. So it would not be surprising to see it legalize gambling as well. Yes. You have two different groups that are fighting for their proposition. And you have been inundated, inundated with commercials. Why one is good, why one is bad. Why the other is bad and the first one was good. Props 26 and props 27. All right. So let's start with prop 26. It allows racetracks, so that would be Santa Anita, Del Mar, racetracks to offer sports betting. All bets must be made in person at the track. The proposition also requires that racetracks pay the state 10% of sports bets made each day. These payments would go into a new California sports wagering fund. Now, here's some of the hidden language. In addition to in-person sports betting, 
Prop 26 changes the California Constitution to allow roulette and games played with dice at tribal casinos. Ooh, yes. Bring craps back, Fred. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so that would change the Constitution. And there is a provision in there that would not allow slot machines in a casino like Hollywood Park or Commerce. They could only be card houses. Right. They would not allow that. So they get dice. They get dice and roulette, but they would they would have, they wouldn't get any uh, slot machines. Correct. Correct. So there's one of the little hidden secrets in there. That's prop 26. Uh there are those that believe that prop 26 is a power grab by the tribal casinos. It also provides a change in state law to give private attorneys the power of attorney general to sue their competition. So, in other words, oh, you want to put uh, a slot machine in there? We're going to sue you. We have the right to sue you. That's Prop 26. But overall, it's in person. You've got to go and do it in person. Here's Prop 27. Prop 27, which is backed by major gambling companies, uh, uh, FanDuel, things like that. They would partner with certain tribes here in the state of California. They'd have to partner with them. And then they would offer online gambling. So you could do it from your phone or any device you have. You could gamble online. 26, you have to go into the casino. Right. Now you go, but you can bet on things online here. Well, you can bet on fantasy sports, right? You can play like the daily lineup or whatever it is on yeah. some of these sites. Right. And you can bet on fantasy sports. I'm taking yeah. this guy, this guy, and this guy, and if they all do a certain thing, I've made $82. Yeah. But you cannot wager on games. No. So all that advertisement that you see for Terry Bradshaw, winning Terry Bradshaw's money, on Sundays, you can't do that here in California. You can't gamble on games. Can't gamble on games. Yeah. Right. So, what does it all mean? 26. 26 is not a favorite of many of the cities because it precludes them from doing things. For example, in Inglewood, they would never be able to put slot machines into the Hollywood Park Casino. Ever. Never. So they don't like 26. 27 to me seems like more the way the world works. Now, there are concerns in 27. Well, you have to be over 21 to gamble. And if, if you're not and you're gambling young, you could lose all of your money. That could happen anywhere. Anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Yeah, to me, that is just throwing up a smoke screen. And go, well, this is bad. You should go it's for this. It's a gateway. It's gateway to much bigger things. Right. Please. That, that, that's, you know, that's what they say when they try to confuse you. By the way, yeah. I'm not endorsing either one. I don't gamble, believe it or not. I've never been a better. But it seems to me that 27, if passed, would be the one that would fit the world we live in best today. Uh, 
what do you think when you hear these two things, Rodney? I'm still confused. <laughs> no. Um, I just, I, I really, I, I hate when these propositions, or any bill for that matter, but we're talking about 26 and 27 here in California, come in and it starts off as being pretty clear cut, pretty cut and dry. And then you dive into it, like you said, Fred, and they slip other little things into it. Um, and then, you know, it talks about uh, where the money is going to go, I think, becomes, a, a you know, a big issue. All right, so let's but, talk about that for a second. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So one of the proposals says uh, the tax generated will go to help homelessness and mental health. Right, because that's how it's advertised on TV, mm -hmm. a big part of it, yes. Right. Help the homeless off the street and help right. the homeless problem in, in L.A., which we do have a tremendous problem. State of California. Yeah. But, again, does that money really get to those people? Right. And how does it get there? And how much is spent right. on it? You know, I always find it fascinating every year. We're not KFI, but I'll say this. Uh, you know, when the budget comes out, the state budget, the governor always says, you know what? We are given this much money for education. We've got to improve education. And we're going to commit this much money to education. If every year they're given that much money to education, then why hasn't education improved? Where's the money? Correct. How does that work? If you're going to give money because you vote for one of these props to get people off the streets, how? Who's taking them off the streets? Where are they going to go? Who's in charge of that money? Now, keep this in mind. Both of these props could pass. Both. Then they'd have to figure something out. One could pass and one could fail. I think you have to get to 50%. So both could pass. One could pass, one could fail. Neither could pass. And if neither passes, then there is no legalized gambling in the state of California. No tax money to go to wherever it's going to go. And everything will be done with bookies, which it has been for years. It's the, yeah, the argument is that you're not going to stop it. You know, I just think that similar to way they finally got around to legalizing marijuana. Um, and that's a whole different subject, obviously. But it was similar arguments, though, like, you know, that. Some people are making, oh, this is not good for youngsters and kids under 21 is going to be, they're going to have major problems and all those things. It's just a, it's a, it's a fake argument to me. Um, but it seems to me that 27 is the one that allows the uh, mobile gambling, right? Is that right? 21 uh, allows 27 the mobile is mobile gambling. The mobile gambling, like the fan duels yeah, and right. DraftKings, and, and being able to do that. Um, and which one is controlled by, is that the same one that's controlled by the tribes? So the tribes are heavily backing one because they don't allow the slot machines to go into well, the, uh, any the casino other than the tribes. The tribes are involved Tribal. in both of them. For 27, you have to partner with a tribe. With 26, there is no partner. The tribes control it on their own land, and then they can add roulette and craps. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing's shady, and and the, and, and <laughs> a line. poll, a poll taken, <laughs> indicates it's not going to pass anyway. Now they're spending all this money, but people are so confused by the whole thing 
They don't even want to deal with it. And I read a piece yeah. over the weekend on legalizing pot and how it has really been a disaster. And people that went into the pot business legally, the, the taxes are so insane that it doesn't even make sense for them to be in the legal marijuana business. And you can still buy it wherever you want it. So you've got all these people yeah. undercutting the legal pot shops, selling it and making a yeah. profit, while the people who are trying to do it legally are making no money because the taxes are too high. And the feeling here is with this gambling debacle, people are, if you're going to gamble, you're going to gamble. You are. If that's who you are, that's who you are. Again, I'm not that guy. I've never been that yeah, guy. Yeah, but you can't do it the way we, we live in such a mobile world, Fred. The, the, the big thing with them, with the, they are losing on the mobile part of it because you can't do that. It's restricted. You're not allowed to do right. that other than you call your buddy in Arizona and Phoenix and place this bet for me. That's the only way to do it. But you can't can't do it on your phone, which is a matter of convenience for a lot of folks nowadays, especially when we do everything on our phones. And so that that to me is a large piece that the state would be losing out on because it would it would it would include millions of people that would on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, click their phone and place a bet. Correct. And so they're losing a lot of money in that regard. The question is, again, goes back to where exactly is the money going and how is it getting tracked to going where it's supposed to, to go? No one's ever looked into that kind of thing. No. No. It just says this. And you're right. Remember when the lottery came about? It's supposed to fix the educational system. Well, where did all that money go? Well, right. Well, shouldn't it shouldn't it be fixed by now? The lottery's been in place for I don't know how long now. Right. Every year, we're going to fix it. Where, where's the money go? Yeah. It's not fixed. It's still broken. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's gotten worse. Right. So wh where's that money go? So that's why when you see the spots and, and you re you hear all this stuff and it's going to go for this and that and this is good and this is bad. I mean, honestly, people are just going to hell with it. I don't even care. No. Yeah. No. $400 million they've already spent. If I was voting, and, and I'll vote after all this, no, because it makes no sense to me anymore. But if I was going to vote one way or the other, I'd vote for mobile betting. Done. That's the world we live in. It doesn't seem that difficult to me. It doesn't seem that hard. Yeah, we, but it is hard when you throw all the other stuff into it. Yeah. And when you throw in, you can only, you know, um, only, you know, I don't know where it's side Again, again, it makes it confusing again, right? The, where can you play craps? Is that part of that 27? Um, no, 26. 26, you know. Um, you know, the the in-person thing is, is that's not where we live, to your point. We live in a convenience world now. Things of convenience, instant gratification, all of those things to make our lives more convenient, which is why mobile the mobile betting um, should be legalized. If it just stopped there, if it was just like, okay, we're going to allow, you know, we're going to have sports books and you can bet, you can either go in or you can do it on your phone, whatever you, whatever is convenient for you and call it a day. And the money's going, you know. 30% is going to build homeless shelters and fix the homeless issue and nowhere else. And somebody's, you know, organization, institution, people is going to be oversaw by this committee, X, Y, Z. Call it a day. 
But then when you throw all these little things into it that you got to read the fine print, well, only 30% is going there. That's after we, you know, pay our overhead and pay for this and pay for that and pay for this and all those things. Then after that, then 30% of that will go to fixing the homeless problem. It just gets to be confusing the more wordy it gets. Just saw the Justin Herbert light practice today for him. Light? Light. Okay. Wednesday. Yeah. Some people think he shouldn't play Sunday. We'll get into that next. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Middays down the hall on KFI AM 640. And you're listening to The Rodney Pete Show. The hottest takes and the best sports talk in the city from a man who lived it. And Fred. The pressure's taking over me. Come on now, Rodney Pete. Fred Rogan on a hump day, Freddie. Why are you smiling? Because Justin oh. Herbert out there working out today. Yeah. On yeah. The field, working out. It's only Wednesday. We got time. All right, here's the question. Yes. Some of the Charger fan sites suggested this. We don't know how effective Justin Herbert's going to be. He was out there throwing. You know he's a tough guy. You know he doesn't want to sit. But you know he makes yeah. the Chargers go. Yes. Why don't you just sit him this week against Jacksonville? Now, Jacksonville did shut out Indianapolis last weekend. Yep. They got a good defense. But on the other hand, I mean, they're Jacksonville. And do the Chargers really need to put them out there in harm's way if they're playing a team like that? You played in the NFL. What do you think? Um, you know, it, it, it's really going to depend on how he feels. Now, the ribs are a situation where it's tricky because you don't want to mess with them too much or come back too soon because it could irritate them, bruise them, even worse than what they already are, and then it becomes a lingering thing um, because they didn't they didn't you know fully heal. So. In my mind, because it's the ribs, if you can, and the opponent, okay, no, no disrespect to Jacksonville, but they still are a team in process and a team in progress that's still, you know, learning how to win, and they're not at the upper echelon of the NFL and not in the division. So all those things being said, I probably would err on the side of resting them a week, give them really? one more week. Yeah. I didn't think you'd say them that. a week. Yeah, rest in them a week. Uh, it's early in the season. You don't want this to be a, you don't want this to be a problem, you know. For the next six, seven weeks of the season, I'd rather rest him, let this thing be right, let it really get another full week of healing. Even though they've had a, they got a long week, let it get another full week of healing and then come back. Um, but if it's shaky or at at all. I would I would err on the side of resting. Now if he comes out today and he goes through practice and say, I have no ill effects. I feel good about it. I'll wear the extra rib pads and an extra cushion. I can get away with it. Yeah, that's really on him on how he feels and the doctors and how they feel. But there's any tenderness, there's anything like that, or he has to, you know, receive shots before the game in order to play, I wouldn't play him. Chase Daniel would be the guy that would play. Uh, and also, I would think, given what you said, you you may have to protect him from himself. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that a lot of times that's the case. There are several young, especially the young guys in this league nowadays, that you would have to do that. And Justin Herbert is certainly one of those guys because he's he's a big guy that likes to move around. He's mobile. His game is moving around and making making plays with his legs. So you do, in a lot of regards, have to protect some of these guys from themselves because they're going to go out and play. 
how they play. You can tell them all you want before the snap or before the game, but once the ball is snapped, Justin Herbert's going to go out and play like he's played since he was eight years old. Yeah. It'll be very interesting for the Chargers. Uh, it's a winnable game without him. Did you ever play in games where you shouldn't have played? Yes, many of them. Several. Several games I probably shouldn't have been playing. Um, one of them was a was it wasn't a rib, but it was a uh, it was a hip pointer. And crazy part about that, it was one of those. Yes, you got to get shot up before the game. But the second series of the game, I got hit on it, and I felt it. You know, you normally hopefully you don't feel the hit if you got shot up before the game on that in that area but i felt it and it bothered me not only the rest of that game but for another month it did yeah for another month it bothered me yeah should have been playing and did it affect your play yeah definitely definitely you know and i I, you know as a player like you said push to you know protect you from yourself there was no way they asked me i'm saying yeah i'm good to go i can play I'm, i'm ready let's go so that's how any player is going to be. Uh, but, you know, in retrospect, probably shouldn't have played, probably should have rested it another week because it was very tender to begin with because I, I did have to get a shot in order to play. And then once I got hit on it, like early in that game, you know, thank God I had the shot because it didn't make it feel as bad as it probably was. But I got through the game. But after that game, I hobbled for the next four weeks. Ended up missing a game like two weeks after that because of that. We ended up saying, you know what, sit out this one. So it would have been better off sitting out early than waiting until later.